Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the uh, Next Boots from Start to Finish podcast. My name is Shiler Mao. Um, I'm joined today by Steve and Audrey Zimmerman. Um, they operate a, a boot-making uh, operation in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, do you guys mind uh, sharing some history and, and who you are and, and what the business is and, and all that good stuff? Go ahead, Audrey. Okay. Thank you for having us yeah. on here, by the way. Yes, thank you. Of course, <laughs> of course. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so I am Audrey Zimmerman. Um, I'm a fourth-generation shoemaker here at the shoe company. Um, I came on board here about 10 years ago, um, but I always um, knew I wanted to be a shoemaker. Um, my dad worked here pretty much his entire life, um, and we are a family-owned shoe company. Our parent company is Kepner Scott, and our daughter brand is Zimmerman Shoes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, sure. Uh, may, I, uh, may I jump in? Of course. Of course. Sure. Uh, so, um, Orangeburg is a small community. It was a shoemaking community. Um, in 1913, there were 11 footwear manufacturers here. Uh, we produced a million five hundred thousand pairs of shoes annually, from children's to men's to women's. The uh, the plus for the community was the railroad system that was bringing raw materials and and all out finished goods, and. Um, as the years went by, the, there were a few less and a few less, and um, fortunately, we we remained, and we're um, 135 years old this year, and um, we guess that we've made in excess of 10 million pairs of shoes. Well, that's incredible, and congratulations on the anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anytime you can you can exist for that long, that's that's very impressive. Uh, so, so Kepner Scott is the original brand, right? Or the original name of the company. Um, yes, is that correct? correct? Okay. And so, but now you have uh, Zimmerman Shoes um, as a separate, separate brand. Do you mind speaking to, to why you came out with the, the separate brand there for, for Zimmerman? Yeah. So um, in 2014, my sister and I had an idea where we wanted to create a brand that honored our family shoemaking heritage. Um, and we brought back vintage patterns and designs that my great-grandfather and grandfather designed in the 60s and 70s um, and kind of brought them out of the archives and um, created these beautiful styles from them. So everything is still made here. Um, Zimmerman Shoes is just a little bit more modern where Kepner Scott focuses more um, on traditional styles. So we added over the years, we've added some touches to um, our Milo boot and our scallop Mary Jane. We've worked with artists all over the world to create beautiful prints and exclusive designs on our leathers. Um, so it's just uh, a little bit more of a modern brand to our older company. Awesome. Yeah, I know uh, you were generous enough to have us in the building and I was just blown away by how many different leather options um, you guys get to work with. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So what do you think the future holds for these two brands? Do you think you'll continue to operate them them separately or do you think you'll you'll bring them together? Yeah, so um, at the end of this year, our plan is to merge both companies together. So it will be Zimmerman Shoes by Kepner Scott. Traditionally, we were a wholesale company. Um, over the years, we manufactured and distributed um, all over the United States. 
when we launched Zimmerman Shoes, we wanted to focus more on direct-to-consumer. So we went online and we have a website where you can purchase our shoes. And then it just grew and grew and we started shipping internationally all over the world. So Zimmerman Shoes right now is a little bit more well-known because of those direct consumers knowing the, the brand name. So we're still going to have our Kepner Scott styles if you know, a customer is looking for that classic white Mary Jane or that classic white booty, we have those options available. But moving forward, um, we're going to merge the brands, hopefully by July of 2023, um, and have everything under one website, one social media platform. It's just easier to manage on our end, too. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I wish you luck with that. Um, that can always be a challenge bringing bringing two separate brands together. But it sounds like uh, sounds like it makes a lot of sense for you guys from an administration standpoint alone. Um, you mentioned your sister. Uh, do you have any other family members working with you in the family business? Um, no. Well, yes, my my sister and of course Audrey's sister work. Okay. If if I could jump back a second, uh, sure. Trailer. Yeah. yeah. Regarding the history, when my grandfather and three of his sons purchased Kepner Scott, um, welt construction was predominant uh, in the children's footwear industry. And my grandfather wanted to make children's shoes flexible, comfortable, breathable, and durable. And he set out to uh, go down a different path and go with a cement-constructed shoe and it was a it was a three to five year process till we got it perfected. But each shoe that we build now has breathability, comfort, good fit, and flexibility. And uh, that's been our our uh, standard from day one, and we continue to do that. Yeah, I think that's a great segue. Um, and I think you know children's shoes obviously run the gamut from a pricing standpoint. Um, and I don't think that you're prices are particularly, you know, high. What 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 is the average price point for for one of your most popular styles? Um our prices range from anywhere from 37 for our soft sold shoes to 80 to more of our niche collections or exclusive okay. designs. Okay. Is is that high? I unfortunately don't have a ton of experience with children's mm-hmm. shoes, but is that is that high? It's competitive with, yeah. okay. with other brands out there. And uh you know what makes us really different is that all of our shoes are handmade, like right here. Right. Um, as you know, you you know, you toured the our shoe company and from start to finish, every hand out there has is touching each pair of shoes. Okay. Yeah. And Steve, you mentioned the flexibility being a key point um in kind of how how you arrived at this uh this configuration um and this construction method. Um can you speak more to yeah, you know, what separates the the Zimmerman um, or or Kepner Scott shoe from from what else is out there? Well, I think the basic features in both Kepner Scott Zimmerman and and our competition, uh, our competitors um, probably have flexibility in their shoes. What they don't do is have width structures like we do. We have okay. a traditional B C D E double E and triple E. A lot of our competitors have gone to narrow, medium, and wide. For instance, what's wide? You know, is a wide sure. a double E or a triple E? Um, sure. And uh, yeah, we we stuck with the the letter widths, and um, 
And that's worked well for us over the years. And and the other thing is whole and half sizes. Mm-hmm. You know, when shoe manufacturing went overseas, they they got rid of the traditional lifts, like, you know, my dad said, and the whole and half sizes. It was easier to carry a last that was six, seven, eight, nine, ten versus six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half, and so on. So I think that uh, really makes us stand out because not every foot as a child's foot is growing is the same. Sure. So, and I, if I may add, Shiler, on, um, I think when you were here, I showed you uh, the design my grandfather originally came up with. It's called the Milo boot, which was his first name, of course. And um, it has a short vamp on it. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what the vamp is, it's a four part of the, of the shoe, the leather four part and the quarter, which is the back part. He designed it where the vamp is short and the quarter is longer. So it's easier to put in a child's foot. They children have a tendency to curl their toes and, uh, he made that a fitting part of the fitting feature. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess, could you speak more? You know, obviously we talked to, there's not very many shoemakers left, right? And especially here in the United States, uh, you know, could you go through like, I don't know, how, how do you keep the business going? You know, when, um, the vast majority of footwear out there is made by much, much less expensive labor and, you know, it's difficult to communicate the value to the consumer. Um, you know, what, what do you think has really kept Zimmerman and, uh, Captain Scott going over all these I years? I speak to that. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Uh, we, we saw a uh, transition, uh, off- offshoring back in the eighties, early nineties, and we made it, made a decision to stay domestic and produce footwear here. And what's been our, our path or our success has been niche markets. We address many of them, one being children's orthopedic footwear. We have children's saddle shoes, uh, uniform saddle shoes. We, yeah, we sell high end boutiques. Um, and the, the niches, uh, the Amish, we sell a lot of footwear to the Amish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Three best colors are black, black, and black. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, black's a great color. Yeah. Any, any other interesting, um, niches or, or subcultures that, that you find your boots get or your shoes get, uh, get used by or, or in? Yeah. So more recently, especially with Zimmerman shoes, we've connected with a lot of, um, children's clothing brands. So they'll come in and create a style based on their clothing line for the season. Oh, sure. Um, and we'll take our, best-selling patterns and, you know, work with prints that they want to do or different colored leathers that they want to do and um, focus kind of on that and those styles, um, which has been a lot of fun. And, and we're also excited about the baby Builder Pro and the, <laughs> and the, Bil- and the Builder Pro Junior. Well, thanks I for, I, thanks I, for I bringing that up. The, I didn't want to spill the... Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for for that for that introduction. Yeah, so um, so we'll be doing a um, a partnership with Kepner Scott slash Zimmerman on a Builder Pro for for babies. Um, so they've been kind enough to let us uh, help help develop this with them and um, try and you know deliver the same high quality construction that uh, our customers are used to to their their children. Um, and we're really excited for that. So we'll be we'll be getting that out there. So the story behind that is kind of interesting. We did a a, a baby builder pro for April Fools uh, last year, and we're very surprised at the number of people who engaged with it. Said that they would buy it for their for their children, and 
Um, so, you know, thank you for helping to, to make that a reality. We really appreciate it. Yep. We're very excited. Yeah, we are uh, most definitely excited. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the differences between, you know, your, your product and, and what else is out there. So there's better sizing, more granular sizing. We've got extra flexibility. We've got a broader, a bigger opening um, to make it uh, easier to get the child's foot into the into the shoe. I, I'm assuming you'll speak to, you know, do you want to talk to the materials that go into that? You know, like how 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 much better um, is is some of the stuff that you're using compared to what you might find overseas or something like that? Sure, we we use uh, as much as we can domestic leathers. Uh, we use for for the vamps and the quarters and the the outer part of the shoe we use uh leather linings and if 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 need be we have a cotton lining uh up in the vamp area we have a breathable cushioned footbed and we we just uh make every attempt to emphasize as i said before on fit comfort and breathability and uh, we feel we feel that the breathability is really important yeah you know i don't know if you ever wore a pair of uh, rubber boots you know, sure. that, that, uh, don't have any breathe, breathability to them and your feet, of course, perspire. And, uh, we don't think that's really healthy. Uh, yeah. you know, leather, leather is, uh, uh, has a breathability ca- characteristic and, uh, a good product for the type of footwear we make. Yeah, no, we're super excited. It's uh, it's going to be a really high quality product. And, you know, for those, you know, what I think is funny is, um, our purchase process, we try to make it as easy, as easy as possible, but some people just obsess over, over sizing and kind of getting it perfect and everything. And so I, I I will tell our customers that you can now introduce that sizing paralysis, um, decision-making, um, to your children at a very young age (laughs) and, um, that'll, you know, that'll carry them through, uh, a lifetime of, of high-end boot ownership. So we're excited to do that. To note on that, we have a couple years ago, we came out with a Brannock device, which is that, you know, that everything, everybody refers to it as that silver thing that they, sure. metal silver thing that measuring they're device. measuring device, but it's actually called a Brannock device. Um, we created a digital version of that for footwear. So you can print it out at home and measure your little ones at home. Um, and you'll know exactly what size they are. Awesome. Yeah, we do a similar thing. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely be sure to make those resources available to, to anyone interested. Yeah. Um, so we'll step away from that topic a little bit. I wanted to, um, I'm always interested to hear how other businesses performed through COVID. Um, and it sounds to me like with with the way, you know, you've talked about the business that maybe you weren't quite as digitally positioned to um, take off. It sounds like that's that's happened over the last few years. But but how was COVID um, on, on your business and, and how'd you get through it? Was it was it good? Was it bad? Just just curious. Yeah. So um, on, I think it was like March 11th of 2020, I was actually in Waco, Texas for a uh, maker's market at Magnolia. We were invited to participate in the event from Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, wow. Um, And yeah. Yeah. So I was down there and um, I think they, at the time, they were only inviting like 40 makers or something. So it was like a big deal to be invited and get there so we set up and um you know we we created everything down there and unfortunately you know they then they deemed COVID at the time a pandemic and um they the city of Waco revoked the street permits 
and they kind of were left with no option. They were trying to keep people away from the event at that point. So we literally had to pack everything up and go home. Yeah. Um, So, you know, at the time it was very, we were bummed, you know, we worked really hard to get there and we were so excited to be accepted. And, you know, it was just one of those weird things that happened. And so, um, we got a car um, and drove back from Texas and, you know, I was on the phone with my dad and, you know, things were getting shut down in Pennsylvania and we were forced to close our doors for the first time in like 132 years. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, we were considered at the time we were considered non-essential. So I'm on the phone with him. He's having to make this call with my aunt back at the factory you know we're driving home and i'm brainstorming of course and trying to figure all of this out so i you know my sister and one of my best friends at the time are in healthcare they were working um in a rehab in a hospital setting and uh you know they weren't getting proper ppe so i'm like you know thinking about all of this on our very long drive home and um, I'm like, we can make masks, like we can do this. So I get back to the factory and my dad and I start brainstorming. We start working with local hospitals, um, local EMS, fire companies. And I said, at the time, I was like, we have seamstresses here. This is no different than creating a shoe pattern, right? So sure. the only difference is, is it's a mask, it's not a shoe and it's uh, cloth versus leather but other than that it's a basic pattern and you put it together so we were able to create our own mask design and at first we actually used dye that we had here to cut each piece um so that we weren't cutting one at a time um we were able to cut several layer layers of fabric and we worked with our seamstresses and they were amazing helping us create this pattern and um we ended up selling yeah, we had to shut down the website, though. We put them on our website. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Uh, it, it almost crashed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just uh, went crazy. And uh, we did get DC, DCED, uh, PA Department of uh, DCED, allowed us to open our doors again because we made medical-grade orthopedic shoes for children. Got it. Uh, now, what, what's um, DCED? Um, the Department of uh, Community and uh, Economic yes. Economic Development. Yeah. Okay. They're oh, the these ones were that kind are, of like they the over, gatekeepers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. They oversaw the shutdown of all Got PA it. businesses. That's so, a crazy story, by the way. It was so crazy, and you know the the Wall Street Journal got a hold of the story, making switching from shoes to masks, and and doing it pretty quickly. I mean, we were up and running and had the masks listed on our website by the first week of April. Okay. Um. And the reason we did that is, um, I think our governor at the time um, made it mandatory for all people in public settings to be masked. And I was like, sure. we're not making shoes right now. No one's going anywhere. No one's buying shoes. Like, let's make masks and see where this goes. And I think we sold them for like $7 or something like that. And Well, here's the great part. We were able to quickly bring back. 90% of our workforce. Yeah. Uh, it, and that to me was important. You know, I of didn't course, want yeah. them um, sitting, sitting out there unemployed. And um, yeah. 
So we were happy that uh, Audrey were came they, up with they, the idea. Were they good masks? I mean, I think so. I still wear. I still wear. I just, I just, I bring that. I just bring that up because my, um, my mother-in-law made made masks, and they were great. But they were like, I just remember the early days when everyone was kind of figuring it out. It was like you could rob a bank in one of these things. You know, it was like going all the way, all the way around your head. Um, They did. It was also funny because we used elastic in some of our shoes, some of our Mary Jane styles, and there was this elastic shortage, and we knew how to get elastic at the time because we already had a supplier that provided it to us. So we were putting elastic spools out on our doorstep for these women who were making them at home. And we were supply, we were like this elastic supplier. all of a sudden too. So And the other thing is, we, um, Shiler, we had a, a great contacts in the Amish community yes. and they, they assisted us, uh, stitching the mask together. Uh, we would do all the cutting here and also supplying the materials yeah. For us. And, and we had uh, three different Amish stitching operations that were locally uh, we had to outsource. uh, outsourced and uh, but, uh, and they they really came through beautifully. Well, that's awesome. Uh, very um, congratulations and kudos on staying so flexible in what was a you know very, very interesting time for all of us. Um, do you want to talk more about the Magnolia um, engagement that you had? I, I remember we talked a little bit and, and it had a pretty positive impact on your business beyond just that that trade show, right? Yeah. So um, after the Spring at the Silos event got canceled, obviously we were bummed, but we quickly had to shift gears. We were back here making masks. Um, And then later that year, we got a call from Magnolia Network, um, and they were doing a series called Everyday Story or uh, extra extraordinary stories behind everyday things. And, um, they were going around businesses in the United States and just kind of telling their story and, and how things are made. So they came here in April of 2021, almost a year later and, um, filmed from start to finish, um, how our shoes were made and talked about our family history and, you know, the, our heritage and and everything we've done over the past hundred plus years. Um, so that was an amazing opportunity, and we were so excited. While we were bummed, you know, Spring the Silos got canceled. We were so excited to have this opportunity to be on their network. Yeah, well, hopefully we, uh, you know, as we're getting back to normal, you'll you'll get another shot at it. Um, so what's uh, what's on the docket for the rest of the year? Do you have any? Um, new product launches, any new materials you'll be working with? Uh, what's, you know, what's hot and new for, for Zimmerman? Yeah. So, um, we are working with new clothing companies throughout the year. Um, we have some collaborations in the mix, um, that we'll be launching this season and next season. Um, and like I said before, we're doing the merge this summer. We're also, um, working with different publications um, in the wedding industry and in um, the baby industry for our crib shoes to get um, kind of noted there. Um, I got married last year and there were just, thank you. (laughs) There was no options um, for like flower girls and um, ring bearers. And it, luckily I was able to custom make my own shoes, but I realized that's a luxury that (laughs) not a lot of people have. So we're really focusing, um, again, like on niches like that. 
which we're really excited for. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting business you guys are in. Um, it's such an inflection point in people's lives, right? When, you know, they have their their first children and start to have to look around and say, oh, you know, what what is what is out here for um, shoes for for my baby and, and beyond. So, yeah, I think that's a really interesting touch point that you guys have with uh, with the customer as they kind of begin that journey in, into parenthood and uh, making those different purchases. Well, we're really excited to see what you guys um, are coming up with. We'll have the the Builder Pro here, the Baby Builder Pro available in the next few months. And uh, we'll definitely stay tuned to for further updates there. I really appreciate the time, guys. Um, thank you so much for for sharing with us. And always, always awesome to learn about uh, U.S.-made businesses like yourselves. And you the same, Shiloh. It was great meeting with you and Nathan when you were here. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank no. Thank, hey, thank you. And um, we'll uh, look forward to, to working together more in, in the future. And um, I hope you guys have a, a great rest of the week. Awesome. You the thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back back here in a couple of weeks. All righty. So long.